This is the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Bounty Hunters, we don't need that scum. A Utini Patreon exclusive featuring Star Wars news and discussion beyond the expanded universe. I have never met a Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. And now, it's time to collect those credits. As you will. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Hello everyone and welcome to Bounty Hunt, Utini Network podcast where we hunt down all of the extra content in the Star Wars galaxy. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me today to talk all about the latest episode of Andor, just so good, is a, a brand new crew, for the most part, except we have the constant, the man behind the keys, the axe that does not, or does forget, it's Wes Jenkins, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, everyone? Um, it's Andor Day. Yesterday should have been Andor Day, but it was my fault that we're going to, we're going live on a Sunday. I was out in the woods um, marshing up or putting camouflage on duck blinds for this for this hunting season. Yay, it's me. Yay. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you did it. You've accepted but your blame. Yeah. <laughs> but we're glad to have you, man. I hope that those ducks uh, f- uh, fall to prey to your, your devious wits. We just hope they fly. They fly in the southern region of Texas this year. Well, while all y'all are putting out your good vibes for the flying ducks of Texas, also put your good vibes out to the welcoming of the magnificent Timothy Guthrie. What's up, sir? I just found $10 in my pocket. What a <laughs> what? fantastic day. Oh, my God. This is so great. I was like, oh, my weird. God. <laughs> Wonderful. That's the vibe. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. It's been a minute. I'm glad to see you all. Um, yeah. And very pumped to talk about this show, man. I'm so glad to see you. It has been far, far too long, uh, but we're so glad to have you here. It has not, however, been too long since we've seen our our last host today because she was most recently on The Living Forest. It's Emma Park. Welcome. Hey, everybody. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I think this might be my first bounty hunt. I'm not sure. I think so. It definitely Um, is. It definitely is. It is. All right. Good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited to be here. The Patriots are playing, but we're making some sacrifices and uh, yeah, the universe didn't want me to be here today either. Like I, I literally got here like five minutes ago um, because, you know, crazy, crazy, craziness. But nothing was going to stop me from talking about Andor with you guys today. Yes, that's right. Oh, we're so glad everyone is here. And if you are here, hello. Hello to everyone in the chat. Hello to everyone watching and listening later on. We hope you are loving Andor just as much as we are. If this is your first bounty hunt, what we're going to do, I'm going to do a brief recap. Spoiler filled of the episode and then we're all gonna kind of just have a nice conversation about what we loved about it everyone's got a couple points that they're gonna lead we're just gonna have a nice fun conversation talking about one of our favorite shows so without any further ado andor season one episode five the axe forgets we open on cereal having cereal Eh. At his mom's apartment on Coruscant. Yes! She's... <laughs> we did it! His mom is going to talk to his uncle about finding him a job, but she is extremely disappointed in all of his choices. Not relatable at all. Back in Aldani, Cassian chats with Skeen about his Imperial prison tats, the backgrounds of everyone else in the group, and we get confirmation that Vel and Cinta are officially <clears throat> sharing a blanket. Lesbians in space! Representation for the win. Woo! Back at Mon Mothma's House of Horrors, we meet her, da- her daughter, Lena, who is rude to her mom and witness a brutally awkward breakfast where we see Mon just being attacked by father and daughter simultaneously. Weekly reminder that Perrin really sucks. Back at Aldani, Nemec 
gets Cassian some breakfast while explaining to him an extremely complex idea of how the Empire is coming to, to power. Basically, his whole manifesto. Karl Marx would be very proud. <laughs> the rest of the crew go over the infiltration plan over and over again for the following day. They're double-checking the escape route. They're practicing marching. And Lieutenant Gorn, our man on the inside, ensures that the right people will be looking the other way at the base. Once they finally make it to their final camp, Skeen finds Cassian's kyber crystal and calls him out for lying to everyone. Cassian then admits that he's being paid, but he won't be anyone's excuse for pulling out of this mission. Tempers settle down, Vel and Sinta break off from the pack, and Skeen tells Cassian about how the Empire drove his brother to suicide. After all, everyone has their reason for fighting. Back on Coruscant, Perrin confronts Mothma about a new charity she's started. Hmm. Luthen waits anxiously for news about the mission, and Cyril gazes into Cassian's hologram. Hmm. All right. So, everybody, before we get into some talking points, quite a bit to talk about with this episode, I'll just go around the horn very basically. How did we like this episode? Emma, I want to start with you. Yeah, um, I feel like I really enjoyed the episode, right? Like, we're we're starting to really ramp up here. I think I might have, like, the unpopular opinion of of feeling like it's a little slow, right? Like we didn't have, mm-hmm. I don't think we had any action in this, in this we episode. Did not. Many conversations. Um, yeah, definitely. Which, which isn't like a horrible thing. Right. But it definitely, it felt like the tone went, you know, it's kind of, you know, all over the place. I wish we kind of were on like a more linear path, but Hey, that's okay. Because it definitely feels like we're going somewhere. Um, I also am glad to learn more about the rebel cell. I think that's going to help us sort of like connect to them more when they go on their mission. Um, I also was a little disappointed we didn't see the, you know, dinner party or whatever. Listen to that. Like, I really right. wanted to see that like, <laughs> yeah. desperately. Um, but Mon Mothma, all of her scenes continue to be like some of the standout scenes for me. Just learning more about um, how she kind of operates and how, you know, how she kind of goes undercover trying to build the rebellion is like some of the most fascinating stuff in the show for me. So I'm glad we got more of that. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Timothy, how about you, man? I- I am still absolutely all in on this show. It is everything that I've ever wanted it to be. And this episode is uh, no stranger to that, I guess. The the practicing, the fact that they were practicing how to march, like those little details, um, I, I love that to pieces. Um, very blown away by the acting still. Um, this is... Uh, weird right for star wars like like to for it to be kind of like a kid's thing and supposed to be relatable mm-hmm. for everyone but to have this kind of quality like top to bottom set design acting the just the whole nine yards um i i love it and there's a reason if, it, if it's on screen there's a reason that it's on screen um yeah I, I, I appreciate that yeah yeah the practicing marching is great though oh you're left-handed you should be on the outside like mm-hmm. the little minutia that we don't really see yeah it's totally unlike anything we've seen before mm-hmm. love that uh Wes, so you, man? this week I thought we were going to get into like some action sequences. Um, so it took me for, took me for a spin. Um, I did think, but like, like you were saying, Emma, um, it was a little slow. So I'm kind of, if we're doing like a rating thing, I'd say last episode's about the same as this episode, but it was a, it was a, it was a good experience. I wasn't mad about yeah. it. I mean, they, they put yeah. in so much extra effort, like, especially like you were saying, Tim, with the TIE fighters that flew in, that, yeah. was, a, that <clears throat> was from a movie. That was mm-hmm. super yes. good. They did a really good job with that CGI. Um, and then, yeah. um, what's the, uh, Nemec's? Nemec. Um, yeah. yeah, Nemec. His, um, like, his whole, like, monologue about his, his, um, 
his reason for being there. And then that like, it looked like a Polaroid camera, but it wasn't, it was, yeah. it was like some, like it plotted the star charge or something. Right. Um, and then he had his, uh, manifesto in the other hand, like that whole scene was great. I loved it. Um, cause it gave us more to think about than just, we were going to put a group together and we're going to steal a lot of money. That's it. Mm. So there's like some right. meaning behind it. Um, they, so they, they give this to us too because he's about to get got right. <laughs> I, I, yeah, right. Him so much, yeah. There's no Poor way. Guy. There's no way. You're just gonna um, like someone's gonna take his manifesto and he's like, "I'll I'll continue what you were writing. I'll uh, put this on I the internet you. for you." Yeah, yeah. Like I I gotta say I I think I tweeted it out after the episode just a picture of Nemec and then you know Cassian has that quote like we don't all have the luxury of deciding when when to believe in something and I'm like cool this is your moment when you figure that out isn't it. Um, <laughs> But, but it actually leads right into my first point I wanted to talk about, because that monologue, Wes, was my favorite part of the episode. When I wrote down one of our quotes here, uh, he says, the pace of repression outstrips our ability to understand it, and that is the real trick of the imperial thought machine. It's easier to hide behind 40 atrocities than a single incident. And, I mean, first of all, just the scripting of this scene. One, the actor playing Nemec just, like, rattled it off. This is British stage actor going, like, bam, 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 bam. He just mm -hmm. flew through it in a great way. The writing was incredibly complex. And I thought it was interesting because it, it really allowed Cassian and us as audience to delve into how fascism rises. Like Nemec literally just said, hey, audience, here's how this happened. Everyone gets lazy. We become reliant on increased imperial technology. So many bad things happen that we become numb to it. And I'm like, bro, you need to stop coming for us in 2022 because this is exactly <laughs> what's happening. Like it was this was the most affecting moment for me because it all made sense in the Empire. But also it was I mean, look around, you know, this was the most yeah. relatable thing where I'm like, yep. I'm very reliant on my technology. That's that's very true. Oh, yeah, you're right. There mm -hmm. are so many things that happen in the news that sometimes I just got to tune it out and then I just let it happen. Like, what did you guys think about the the specifics of this speech? Because I think this was kind of the most direct we've ever seen it in Star Wars, honestly. Yeah, it, it hurts my soul to hear, like, they're, like, directly talking to us, like, right now. <laughs> um, and it just, mm -hmm. like, it just feels so, like, it's sad, you know, that we have to like we have to be told these messages today because, you know, things are happening and it's, uh, you know, could get pretty bad soon. And it, it it's just so sad. But at the same time, it also makes me glad that we have Star Wars because there's so much stuff that people can relate to, mm -hmm. not only with like not only can people relate to the characters. Right. But they can relate to the <coughs> ideas of like rebellion and of of doing good by by your neighbors and and sort of helping you know fight back against oppression and so many overarching themes that I think we need today even mm -hmm. which again is horrible that we need them today but um but I'm glad that we can all relate to something like that through Star Wars yeah yeah I, I, I love the way that you know, for us, it's so exhausting trying to keep up with so many of those little atrocities, right? Mm -hmm. And the breaking news ticker is on every news station yeah. we see, right? Yep. And it's always yep. on. It never goes away. Yeah. And it's so exhausting. And so that's that's the way the empire has gotten so good and has been able to, to be in such power is because it's just one thing after another. And, and it is massively all at once too, which doesn't help anything. But, mm -hmm. you know, when every five seconds presents another new disaster, I mean, you just eventually have to completely turn that off. And yeah. it's, 
I'm, I'm so it's so cool that we get to see that and have this particular aspect of it from this this humble little rebellion cell. And the bell cell, as we called the, it last the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bell cell. And, and they're so adamantly going, no, there is one particular issue that is actually the problem here. And it is the yep. empire writ large. It is not all of these little things. There is yeah. someone pulling those strings. And for this this little bell cell to be able to so intentionally kind of poke at at this this problem um is so encouraging um to those of us who fight our own little battles every day um and it's i'm really glad that we're getting to see that here and we, we've gotten to see it in things like rebels and stuff before too and mm-hmm. the the mixing of the cells but never this intently i think and it's it's really inspiring yeah just to what you had said sam it's it's very relatable from today's age and watching on tv hopefully um a lot of the viewers picked up on that they picked up on the the characters going through these problems and seeing these multiple atrocities these like battles these people that are getting like uh, misplaced and they're getting um taken away from their homes and their families and stuff and they're seeing that and they're relating that to actual real world events like oh this is really happening in my backyard was there something maybe i could do maybe i yeah. could help with this charity that uh mon Mothers putting together that right. maybe i could help that in my own community so that'd yeah. be oh, <laughs> I didn't, yeah i didn't think you'd care about it it's charitable i'm like girl and he was like oh yeah. <laughs> like, oh you're such a dick <laughs> yeah it was just amazing and then you like I mean, gosh, they all go through really what what this empire has done to them. And Nemec, I think, puts it out so perfectly. But then at the end, you know, you got Skeen talking about his brother being like, I hated the empire. And now I don't have a word for it. And I think Mm. that's where people get to like, Mm. oh, I'm already a 10 out of 10 angry. Now it's just like I'm out of descriptors for how rageful I am. So I have to be then spurred into action. And I think that's. That is the core, I think, of the early rebellion versus the glory of Luke in a, in a X-Wing and the Jedi conquering evil. There's like something heroic about this. This isn't heroic right now. This is just like we have to do something. I think Nemec, who again, I, I think we're all in agreement. Oh, it'll be a miracle if he makes it through episode six. Um, <laughs> like, I love him. I don't think it's going to go well. Oh, um, I think a yeah. lot of people in the cell are in danger, not just. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, obviously, absolutely. we know Cassian makes it, but, you know. Sort of. That's that's all we got right now. Um, sort of. But, but I got to say, I'm looking at our outline here, and I want to jump. Uh, uh, Tim, I, I see you had a, another Nemec quote here while we're in our boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just again, because he's not going to make it very long. So let, let, let's remember him fondly. <laughs> yeah. now. He's he going to look to like 80 or something. <laughs> big up. Got it wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, so, you know, I mentioned the, the like doubling down on, on like the poking and the prodding in this one particular issue um, and that the empire is, is writ large, the bad ones here, right? Empire bad. Um, mm. He has this quote. He says, they'll soon see surprise from above is never as shocking as one from below. And that's right after the, the TIE fighter comes in and, and does the whole Thane Kyrie moment right yeah oh yeah stars. yes lost stars <laughs> um, and i love it because this is such a, a perfect example of like the details matter when you're the underdog um and yeah. like the empire is so haughty and so you know maybe looking down their nose but mostly worried about how can i achieve a higher level how can i yeah. you know make my spears look good so that i don't die kind of thing yep. um and i love that it's going to catch everybody off guard and from a similar perspective, and I, I keep forgetting her name, the ISB officer. Uh, um, Dedra. Dedra. 
she has a similar kind of quote. Um, so where Nimick's is more like this quiet, confidence, defiance. Hers is, she has this quote where she goes, if I was them, this is how I'd do it. I'd spread it out. Never climb the same fence twice. And it has this almost like reverent respect, like respect, fear. Mm-hmm. Like she's trying to look up, but she's almost holding these rebels at like in a loftier form of, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I might advance because I'm going to take out this underdog that is not really that much of an underdog kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah. But it's, it's so cool for me too, because when we think outside of the show itself, just the fact that the show exists, um, you know, it's the fact that they're having to practice the step by step um, that you call out some of these things that we flash for a minute to, you know, the location that we saw in like uh, the original planet that, uh, Cassian, like, yeah, Ferris, yeah. that we flash back to Ferris for just a minute with these types of shows in premiere settings, um, you know, whether they're on like FX or HBO or, or what have you, there's a reason that it's on the screen and the details matter for this as well. And so to see that this show being so counter Star Wars, I think, in a lot of ways to what we yeah. typically expect from Star Wars television, these massive characters, you know, Obi-Wan's going to be the title thing. Boba Fett's going to be the title. We're going to mm-hmm. have Luke show up like not. We're all looking up. We're all expecting that something would happen. So we're not super surprised by that. But we are so surprised that this show about a virtually nobody character <laughs> and a bunch of other no one characters is doing so well because they're hitting yeah. those details time and time again. And I love it so Man. much. I, I love how you set those three up too as you were talking there. Like we go from from Nemec saying, like, I need to do this because it's right and, and mm-hmm. we were trying to crawl from under. We go to Dedra who's like, I respect my foe, and like you say, if I get promoted, great, but I'm doing this because I need to like crush them. I, this is for the good of the Empire. And then finally those guys on Ferrix, like you're saying, is like, cool, can I have a title? I know it doesn't have our pay. Like it's like they're all ba- yeah. they're all in the same conflict, and they could not be more different yeah. on why they are doing this thing. That like the guy just wants his freaking CV to look a little better, so his mom that makes him cereal isn't disappointed in him. <laughs> and then, like Nemec is like, I might die, and Dedra's like, No, I'm a soldier, babe. I'm like I'm gonna get, I'm gonna take him down, and it's all in one show. It's all in one episode. Like this mm-hmm. is not viewpoints we've ever gotten before. Right. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, getting that getting that empire is ruling the galaxy from a live action standpoint. We've never seen. So we've seen yeah. we we have that whole. I mean, from the time of before Episode Four, and then I guess Rebels, Star Wars. But if you want to put it in movie context, you got Anakin Skywalker as a human and not a half droid. And then Anakin Skywalker <laughs> as as Darth Vader. Like, what yeah. happened in between all that? And we're getting that, and we're getting in like in exquisite detail, movie mm. quality. Thank God. But yeah, yes. it's, it's it is a it is a humbling um, experience, especially considering what they were looking at twenty years ago and putting yeah. out made for TV movies such as we will not say. Sorry, Trev. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I know they're your favorites. We will not say. Yeah. No, I know we keep going around this this moment to bring a little bit of levity to it. Emma, I want to hit your your first point here. Yeah. Uh, cereal, 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 cereal. Um, <laughs> well, just, it's a marketing. It. There's a marketing point right there. You can do something yeah. with that. You can sell. Yeah. The Empire is the wrong line of work. He has to privatize. I want those. If, I want had, that on Batu immediately. <laughs> we've already had Star Wars cereal, right? Obi Wan Kenobi Frosted Flakes. Let's make 
Oh my God. You know, cereal, cereal. You know, we why not? Why not? I wake up, everyone. I buy one box. I would, I would too, you know, just to put it next to my, next to my, you know, Tony, the tiger wearing Jedi robes, (laughs) (laughs) but, but like this moment, I know like it's joked about like a lot. We've been joking about it a lot, but to be real though, like this was an extremely relatable moment, but you know, I I think a lot of the show is really relatable, but this is kind of one of the more like personal, you know, kind of relatable ones. Everything else that's been relatable is like fascism in the world and this one is like uh you know your mom is disappointed in you <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, um, right. and the other thing i liked about this too is that you know we don't get to see a lot of family interactions in star wars generally and especially with mothers like usually they die quickly or or stuff like that i mean i think that like the most that we've seen of a mother or mother figure in star wars is probably like hera or maybe even like Baru in Obi-Wan Kenobi, which says a lot. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I thought it was cool to like see an interaction between a main character. I think we could consider Cyril a main character um, and his mother and and kind of seeing that like, oh yeah, Star Wars is just like our galaxy. Like when you fail and you're a young adult, you just go back to your parents' house, get a good talking to and then figure out what's next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. hate how every Star Wars character that has blue milk leaves it out on the table. That's disgusting. <laughs> you like gotta know. Up. You gotta know. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. I mean, the I, I loved how they presented the two of them, right? Because at the end of the scene, I did not feel bad for Ciro, or I didn't feel like I was like, oh, I, I, I he's he's absolved. It's like, nah, man, he's still trying to you know he was shooting at innocent people in in the last episode and he's responsible for the for the death of tim also tim sorry about your namesake Um, (laughs) it's it's really the only reason i'm here is is to provide some kind of a palate cleanser for the the timothys and the the one m tims in the world we don't deserve that two m stuff definitely definitely, hashtag not all tims we definitely highlighted that our tim wouldn't have run like into the line of fire. <laughs> I really appreciated that love. I really did. Yeah, you're great, man. Um, but that being said, you know, Cyril obviously does all, all bad stuff, and seeing his relationship with his mom and not being good enough for her, and knowing that he's got to get a job with his uncle or whatever it's going to be, I I understood him. Like you say, Emma, it's relatable in that way. I don't excuse what he did, but I see the line now. I'm like, oh yeah, you were always trying to love, you always were afraid you were going to disappoint her because frankly you did. Apparently you absolutely, that came true. You know, you got, I bet, I bet you assumed that you were going to. And the whole thing of like, oh, you were always welcome. Oh, nope. An invitation is not a real invitation. Like the gaslighting of parent to child. Like there's such a unfortunately relatable moment for I'm sure a lot of folks who've had that conversation mm-hmm. with their parents of like, I thought I was going to do better. Oh, well, you know, I'm just, uh, I was afraid that you have no fallback and it's, it's not going to work. And it, like, I mean, you want to talk about the most triggering scenes in star Wars. I think this is probably one of the higher ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good uh, point. So now, so we, we got that. So now let's go from the, from the hard stuff of parents back to the lighthearted stuff about like, you know, fascism. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> we, one, one character we haven't talked about a whole ton is Lieutenant Gorn. Uh, we've been in the Vel cell and he's kind of like the second guy, but Wes, you have a really great point here about kind of his mastery in this episode. He did a lot of great work. I thought. Yes. So, um, Lieutenant Gorn is the one on the inside for the rebel cell for the Vel cell. Yeah. The so Clive he, Owen, the inside man. Yes. So he is the one, he is a, uh, he's, lieutenant so he is above 
I don't know ranks, but he's above quite a few people. So as he is walking his like his route of like checking on all of his um, subordinates that he he sees when when he first did this I thought when he showed up at that uh, that old temple that smaller temple that he was those two um, Imperials were like kind of like they were sketchy they were like I don't know about Lieutenant Gorn something but that yeah. as he kept walking as he kept walking I was like oh wait they completely uh, un- like go by what he has to say no matter what he is the, he is their leader so they're in there cleaning up using whatever they were using for target practice that was hanging on the wall um yep. but so he was making his rounds you could see that some of the imperials were lax with their duties he was leaning on the rail um instead of standing straight up i guess when you've seen in any other imperial um in the movies that always hands behind their back stand straight up it should be like that 24 7 like they're all human like they they want to take in the scenery um, right so as lieutenant gorn gets in i guess he goes into um where they're holding some of the tie fighters or holding some of the um just some of the equipment you notice that um he's talking to imperials and say hey this they didn't paint this garrison over here and we have a we have a so-and-so from coruscant coming to see that this afternoon and they're gonna you know they, they want to see that we're doing well down here so <clears throat> He says, I want this done tomorrow night. And two of the Imperials there were like, well, we know that being stationed here on Aldani isn't the greatest. It's in their first pick. But if we're going to be here, maybe we get the chance to see the eye. And the eye is that great meteor shower or some other phenomena that happens for every three years yeah. on Aldani that they want to see. So him knowing that they were going to question that was very clever and them him actually allowing them to make that decision keeps like the blame and the finger pointing away from him saying hey i need only a skeleton crew down here for tomorrow i don't need a lot of people here i need you to be somewhere else kind of thing yeah him actually him actually telling everybody that is is very clever i thought it was in a way that it takes the blame off of him nobody looks at him and he's not the first one to get shot he might get shot at but he won't be the first one to get shot and he won't be the first one to be blamed so i thought that yeah. was really interesting to put in there it's like that reverse psychology of like hey we should go out to dinner i don't know if i really want chipotle tonight though and then they're like well maybe i want chipotle like oh, okay i guess and you want chipotle the whole time <laughs> like that's exactly <laughs> what he's doing like but it is that that mastery of him knowing his people but again that scene i think in most projects is not written that way you you're exactly right wes that scene 99 times out of 100 goes we only need a skeleton crew let's do this and it should be suspicious but it's not just because the Mm -hmm. writers need to get to the next scene but this show is like no we need to use a subversive psychology because that is what is actually happening. That is the more realistic thing. And like you said, it makes Gorn look really, really smart yeah. because he he thinks that far ahead. And I had to I had to go back and look because I was like I was watching the scene and I was like, yeah, that's 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 a good idea. And then as he makes that smirk and the camera goes to a different oh. scene, I was like, I got to go back. I was like, he did something there. I got to go back and watch yeah. that. And I was like, oh, he did make them make that decision for him. That's awesome. <laughs> so I had yeah. to put that as a point to talk about. Yeah. It's like when a teacher incepts like a, a student into like having an idea and they think it's their own. Yeah. And it's like, good, oh, yeah. good. You did good. get that oh, math problem correct. Great idea. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's like, all right, you have, you have to do all these math problems. Can we only do evens? okay and you were gonna do evens the whole time <laughs> like that is 
But you have Gosh. to do three bonus questions at the very end. Is that okay? Like, yes. Yeah. The, the bonus <laughs> okay. questions are like all the odd questions. Yeah. Again, <laughs> this like as we're talking about this episode, it's interesting. The fact that there wasn't as much action really does seem like there were all these way, way more relatable conversational moments. And and Emma, mm. you really hit one of them in, in your points here that I want us to talk about, which is uh, again around, around mommy. Sorry, Mon Mothma. Um, <laughs> you get it right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Where's that Funko though? Um, yeah. Yeah. So you we, we meet the daughter and this, this scene just really hit me in a way, but you have a bunch of details about her that I think we can all really relate to. So let's, let's dive into Mon Mothma a little bit. Yeah, this scene really like hurt my soul for Mon Mothma. I mean, because she like you can tell in this in in the scene with her and and Perrin and uh, and her daughter uh, Lita, right? Um, and uh, mm-hmm. you know you can tell that she like really cares about everyone around her. Like, yeah, she makes sure that her daughter has you know eaten something for the day and makes sure that like Perrin actually calls her driver by his actual name like that that is like i can't imagine that that's a very common thing for like senators or other you know big wigs in in croissant to actually care about but she does no. I, I think that that is like so i think that makes us relate to her more and want to root for her more because i think it'd be easy to not want to root for one of the croissant elites um yeah but she's easy to root for i think i mean she has a shitty family um <laughs> they all suck all- like you know what i mean yeah and and i, and I the the driver thing I, I had to rewind that when that first happened because i was like what's the reasoning there and i and it works so well because one she has to know all the driver's names because as we saw yeah. in the last episode they keep switching it on her mm-hmm. so she's got to know but also as awful as perrin is and as much as he ignores everything he knows that his wife knows the name of the driver he always yeah. knows that she asks questions and i'm like god you know that she's a good caring person and you're still a total prick like Mm -hmm. it's it's just amazing (laughs) the level of awfulness that he has but but it's true just to see mon go from the woman that we see in rogue one and return of the jedi which is kind of this solitary leader uh obviously no daughter or her husband by her side in the movies that we see i know there's i think lita uh, appears in some legends comics and things like that uh but like She's just very straightforward. And now we see her kind of trying to hold on to her life. Yeah. And she's, it's slipping. And it really is. And I think it's going to be really heartbreaking to see her lose them. Like, like you have the quote here after Lita says something to her, she just says, that's really, really quite hurtful. And yeah. she's just very open uh. about it as a mom. She's like, this mm-hmm. hurts my feelings. Yeah. And um, it hit one of the, one of the points I wanted to talk about, which was mostly with Mon, I saw, but then I kind of attributed it to everybody which was sacrifice. And as we said, I think next episode is going to be the big sacrifice. Nemec, we got you, buddy. What's Nemec? At? Like, like, <laughs> like, what do you think? Nemec, Nemec death minus 300? Um, anyway, <laughs> there you go. I, <laughs> we're getting it. That's a, pre, a pre-show joke um, for our sports bettors. Um, I really noticed that everyone is sacrificing a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Skeen lost his brother. Also, the fact that he lost his brother to suicide is just even harsher. Yeah. Because now he has to stay because his brother couldn't lose. Luthen is potentially losing his career, isn't it? We don't know again. No, know the order of the antiquities dealer or whatever it is, but like he was probably fine financially and socially, yeah. and he's going to lose that. Mothma is losing 
her, her husband, which she probably doesn't really care about, but she's probably going to lose her daughter. Like Dude. she's she's lying to yeah. her daughter every day. Like she has to. There's no other scene in that we've seen so far where you can well maybe right before when they were sitting at the table, but like the divide they have when they're sitting mm. in the car. Like yeah, you know that they don't like each other. You know that they're God. God. And, and she's taking her ear. I mean, also this moment of like we're coming out from the party. Outfits are immaculate. They just had to like posture, and she's like taking the earrings off. He's already yeah. kind of getting ready, done with the day. And I'm like, dude, you're sitting next to Mon Mon. That is Genevieve O'Reilly, you monster. <laughs> like, are you kidding yeah. me? Mon, you over, my dude. You better, yeah. Mon. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. But, I, like, I love those stakes because, oh. like, like in in the grand scheme of things, like in the larger macro story of Star Wars, like it, they haven't mattered to us. These stories haven't mattered, and, and yeah. we may not have even been missing them had we not have them now. <laughs> yeah, um, right. And right. It, it just it fleshes it out so much more than it, it it makes you go back to these stories that are forty years old and go, oh my god, like you went through so much to get yeah. to what you're doing now. Um, and I love that we can have stories like this that that do that that amplify forty year old movies. Like, yeah, mm, yeah. yeah. Like, like can, can you imagine, like, you know, in Return of the Jedi, you know, Mon Mothma is like stone cold. Like, she freaked me out as a kid. I was like, why is yeah. she so serious? Like, oh my <laughs> so died. So I'm like, yo, she's go, like, go off. <laughs> and you know, she's like, she's giving someone a death stare. Like, I don't know who it is. Oh yeah. But she's definitely giving someone a death, a death star. What if, like, what if the reason that she is that way, because like, she lost so much just trying to form this rebellion, and like, mm-hmm. it's not going super well. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. No. And Ugh. it's like, you know, we 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 know the Skywalker saga is so much about family, and it's like Luke and Leia finding each other, and that's great, and then Leia and Han forming their own family, and like all these things happen. But there's also just so much loss in the rebellion, like the episode, like episode four, Brew and Owen get burned alive, or Baru kills the stormtroopers with a shotgun and burns them alive, and we don't yeah. see them. Either yeah, way, she's a high roller yeah. on Kento fight. I would please, why not? She's like, I don't want to. Uh, I raised the kid long enough; he'll be fine. But like, we lose them. You know, we we do lose Vader as a father that Luke knew for a while, but these kind of stories, the slow motion loss, I think is almost even worse. Like we're, we're mm-hmm. seeing Cassian lose Marva essentially as well. We, I mean, he, maybe he goes back to Ferris. if you don't know again, how it all shakes up, but leaving all that behind is super hard. And then I, I do think that the Mon Mothma story, I think we're going to get a lot more of that, obviously this season of the slow kind of cancer infesting of a family where <laughs> They kind of know mom's lying to them and she knows she has to keep doing it and it's going to break them apart and she's going to suffer every day while trying to finance these people on other planets. And it's just going to, oh, it's going to be so hard. But of of course, financing is also a weirdly big part of this show, like money, yeah. like yeah. payrolls. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I, and this, came, this comes to a head this episode because last episode we obviously heard like, you know, Vel being like, we are – we're, we're sleeping on rocks. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to pay 200 grand. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and, and Wes, you had a great point about this because Skeen calls him out for lying about the Kyber crystal very specifically. And then it kind of rolls over a bit. Yes. So there was an, <laughs> it seemed like everybody was still trying to pick at, at, uh, at Clem for, mm-hmm. for him being there. Like, why is he here? Why, why would he just show up? out of nowhere, like with within three days that we have to do this, this heist that we're planning. Um, and so 
he gets his bag, his knapsack taken when he was yeah. asleep, and he freaks out, and he's like, hey, Bill told me to do it. So I was just looking. It's like, where do you guys, what, what is all this stuff? This is Imperial issued. He's like, yeah. so they kind of they kind of got a little bit of background um, from, from Skeen. And then, um, but he, Skeen wasn't really, he, he really wasn't believing what, what Clem was mm-hmm. saying. Um, the first thing that, that uh, Cassian clutched was that kyber crystal around his neck when he found out that his bag was gone. So you know that this, he, he was, he is under the impression that they are still trying to figure, the group is trying to figure out why he is there. Yeah. So out of, out of nowhere, they get into this, they get, well, right before they start walking up to the next camp, they get into an argument and then Cassian just says, I'm being paid. <laughs> That's it. I'm being paid. Yep. That's why. Deal with and it. So he had to give them that little bit of Intel to, to keep them from, uh, I guess grasping each other's throats throughout the entire thing. He wanted to make sure there were no excuses. So that little bit of intel hopefully sufficed, but there's so many questions that came out from me whenever he said that, like, who is paying you? Who is the person that is paying you? Is there another, are there more cells that the Vel cell knows about? Right. Are, like who is the leader above Vel? Do they know there's a leader above Vel? Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming they do, but like just him saying I'm being paid means that there is a, there is a higher level of authority above Vel and there could be more around. Why haven't they been talking about that? Cause it sounds like they've been, they've been like a, a single group and they don't, yeah. have anybody else that's, that's leading them yeah i kind of get the vibe that they're aware of the idea of other people um you know because it was last episode i think we chatted about the idea that if they don't know the names of people like luthan and stuff then you can't be tortured and you know they, they kind of keep that separate so i think maybe they all are aware of that idea but i did like you know, I, I can't blame Skeen, honestly, too. This whole thing, I'm sure. like, you are kind of being lied to, my dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're planning this for months, and this guy shows up. It's like, oh, by the way, I'm the last guy. It's like, yo, hold on. But taking um, his kyber crystal, like, that could have been a family heirloom. You're like, yeah, it's, I mean, but it's why, like, it's why something. is it, yeah, why does he have to automatically sell that? Or why does it yeah. have to be, why does it have to be, like, worth money? Why can it not be priceless to him as, like, something is sentimental? But, yeah. You know, it's, it's a good, such a good, it's it's a good middle ground, I think. Like like referencing Mon Mothma and Perrin, mm-hmm. there is no honesty. There's no trust there. Their relationship no, is no, trash no. for it, right? Like if <laughs> no. she can start a charity under her husband's nose and he's like, whatever. Um, so it, it's neat that to have this team dynamic where you all know that they're there for a reason and you can mm-hmm. assume those things. But there's a very real human element where I'm not going to reveal my entire truth to mm-hmm. any of you, right? Right. But yep. but maybe a piece, maybe just enough to 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 settle the okay, this is fine. And then that's yeah. where um, uh, Skeen then comes back and he's like, he tells him about his brother. This is as close to an apology as you're going to get. Um, yes. And I'm not right. going to tell you anything more about my life, probably. Um, but here's just enough. So now we're all kind of square on, we know enough about each other to kind of make it through um, just to settle, settle the nerves. I don't know. Yeah. I, I appreciated that very human element of we're a team. We're going to work together. Here is a piece of me to get you to shut up and do your job. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And vice yes. versa. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel like, um, I feel like Skeen, he's not like super trusting. Whereas Cassian is more trusting mostly because I mean, he's being paid to be there. Right. But, so it's not it's not like he has as much 
to lose, I guess, just because he's he's being paid. Yeah. But if I were if I were in Cassian's position, though, I would still be wary of of the situation because oh, yeah, everyone's motives are like a little aggressive <laughs> and like and sure. so, sometimes sometimes <laughs> that doesn't like sometimes that doesn't pan out to be like the best you know situation like of course you know it's, it's good that they're fighting the empire and stuff but at the same time it's like um you know this could lead to like some hostility and mm-hmm. you know especially between like members of of the group and yeah i think i definitely relate to skeen in his like you know miss you know his his inability to trust you know cassian especially mm-hmm. but i also feel like there's definitely a little bit of of inability to trust um you know the other members of the team as as well like mm-hmm. he definitely puts on a face like yeah i trust these people because i have known them longer but in my heart i don't i don't really think he trusts many people because he's i mean the empire has like hurt him so bad and yeah you know i think that that's really caused him to you know not be able to to trust and work as a team and i'll be interested to see like when we see this mission go down i'll be interested mm-hmm. to see how he he in particular uh sort of works with others yeah yeah and like i i really liked cassian's view on that as they were going through the minutia of the plan where he's like how are we getting out of here like there, there really seemed to be an era of like listen i i know we, that we all don't trust each other you don't trust me but now it's game time like tomorrow is the plan mm-hmm. and he said something about like it's my skin on the line like i'm gonna tell you uh, if, if you all mess up i die if i mess up you die so there's like that kind of baseline of <laughs> fine let's yeah. all error it out because at the end of the day we got to have each other's backs um, I also actually wanted to add one thing I didn't write here, but I, I heard on an interview with the actor that plays Skeen, um, Eben, I forget his full name, but I was listening to a podcast he was on, and he actually mentioned his blaster is actually Greedo's blaster from episode four, oh. but it actually is not even, the, it's not just like the model, according to him, it's like the blaster, and there's a way they track that it gets from him to Greedo. What? <laughs> That's cool. What? I don't know if that Dude. he said that and they dropped it like and he's like, I don't know if it'll ever be a story or anything like that, but it might be a possibility where that blaster gets to Greedo. So keep an eye out, everybody. Huh. Who's to say? Um But for the characters that like I agree, Emma, I think it's it's cool to see him be that moment of like this is all you're gonna get for an apology. Fine, we'll equal it out here. They'll probably like I don't never need to see you after this. Right. They'll yeah. probably never hang out. You know, we're not going to go get brunch after the mission. But if we all survive, great. Then we go our separate ways. Because I, I also think it's a great thing to remember that even though Cassian is getting paid 200K, they're stealing a quarterly payroll yeah. of the entire sector. So, like, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, that it, obviously it's a ton now when they're sleeping on rocks. But ideally, this mission goes there well. Hammocks? I saw the hammocks. Oh, yeah, that's true. And blankets. <laughs> they're fine. <laughs> But there's uh, rocks in the hammocks. We just didn't see them. <laughs> oh, damn. Well, oh, that, makes it, that makes it way worse. That makes it way worse. Um, but yeah, I think that they, they kind of all eventually, by the end of this episode, get back to the big picture, which is what Nemec is talking to Cassian about the entire time. We did. We get to see um, the little personal side. Well, not from Lieutenant Gorn himself, but Vel told us why he is there. So he, mm-hmm. they said, why is he even here? He'd be the one that would stab us in the back. So like, well, he... Um, he had fallen in love with a with a what do they say a local woman, a local woman, and yeah. lost the woman, and then lost the love for the empire. Like that was yeah. it. I was like, hmm. Everyone's okay. got their reason. Yeah, 
everybody's got a different reason, right? Like, yeah, and it's no matter how, no matter how, um, how bad it is on the scale of super shitty to, eh, you know, it's going to be, you have your reasons for hating the empire and then it's yeah. enough. it grows Whatever from there. Yeah. Enough. enough is it's enough. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's like these people are so different from each other, but the one thing that connects them all together is their hatred of the empire and their desire to take it down. And, yep. You know, it's like none of them need to be friends. They just need to work together and then they'll be fine. But um, I really find that dynamic super interesting because I feel like we haven't really seen a whole lot of that before. I mean, because in Rebels, all the Rebel cells, like, you know, usually had like the ghost crew who are like family. Yeah. And now you yeah, have these yeah. people who hate each other's guts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is the audience, right? Like Rebels is made for a younger audience who you are trying to actively teach to be friends and make make right. alliances and things like that. And this one is kind of for all of us jaded adults that are like, yeah, people stab you in the back sometimes, man. But you got to <laughs> deal with them anyway, don't you? And, and, I, and I love your last note here, Emma, as we're kind of, as we're kind of wrapping up, we, we watch this at the end of the episode. We get, again, one of those shots where it kind of goes person to person to person, kind of almost like the end of episode three. Um, when Cassian was leaving in that amazing moment where we went from person to person to person. And like you said, everyone has their own reason for hating the empire. And we really do see each of them kind of realize what they could lose and what they're in for. And it, I, I really thought they did a great job kind of propelling us to next week. Cause we all know yeah. what's yeah. happening. And I, and I love to loosen almost kind of being the audience being like, has it happened yet? Is there action yet? Is there, is there a thing yet? Is there a thing yet? And his assistant is like, it's not happening tonight. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that was a super interesting scene to me because you know, we had gotten so far into the episode. I didn't think that we were going to see him at all. Uh, yeah. Cause we hadn't seen him yet. Yep, there was same. like nine minutes left, AKA like three minutes of show. Yeah. God, there's long credits. Yeah. I know. Right. <laughs> show. So I'm like, okay, we haven't seen him yet. I mean, but we've seen Mon and and Cassian. So we've seen all the mm -hmm. other groups except for him. And it was interesting because it was literally like a two minute scene at mm -hmm. most yeah. yep. um, of him just like, you know, trying to, I don't know what he was trying to do. Like, listen to the. It's like a police scanner. Yeah, it yeah, like, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mixed with like a telegraph. <laughs> right. just like, did he, did he, did he, did he, like waiting for something. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was listening to like the Imperial like comms or something. I don't know, but yeah, you know, like I, the I thing that, that Bix used in uh, the first episode. Yeah, it was yeah. like very, very much like that. Yeah, very much so. And you know, I, I thought that it was, it was, yeah, that thing. <laughs> or oh, you know, what? it kind of looks like um, one of those like old-fashioned telephones. You know, you had the yes, the piece yes. up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I thought that like him saying that you know if they get caught. Vel is tied back to him, but also so is Cassian. The thief. He wasn't careful. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wasn't careful. He wasn't careful enough, and he like wanted him to be part of it too much. And yep. I thought that that was like so fascinating. And you know, we didn't he get much. Up to it. He did. He did. We did. We didn't get much, uh, you know, information from that scene mm -hmm. except for <laughs> for the big fact that that Luthen is nervous that if any one of them gets caught, he's going to be implicated, and then mm -hmm. the jig is up. Yes. Yep. And I love that we still got something. So, like, we yes. got the two minutes, yeah. the two minutes from him, and then the one minute that we spent back on Ferrix, like, midway through the show. Yeah. And it yep. was just, it was a casual reminder to me that, like, 
these places still matter. These people still yep. matter. Yeah. We might not have seen a lot of them this episode, but just a uh, heads up, like mm-hmm. next episode, next six still episodes. Going. That told me we're going There's back a reason sometime. this is here. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot on the line. Yeah. And one thing that we don't know that I was questioning throughout half the episode was, what are these two doing? They would never say what they were doing. Vel and oh, yeah, they're going out with they're like, don't Bell. Worry about it. Where are they going? Like, you don't need to know. I didn't. <laughs> just worry about well, you. We'll meet up tomorrow afternoon after this is all over. Yeah. Well, oh, okay, what? This is what this. So this is what I wanted us to end on. The question, not necessarily of what they're doing, because I'm not sure. But I want to go around. Who's making it out of the mission? <laughs> Emma <laughs> on the spot. Yes. Okay. Who's gonna? And Cassie doesn't count because obviously. Right. Uh, but Emma, who's who's uh of the Vel cell? <laughs> who's gonna make it out? I I bet only uh, I bet only Vel makes it out if I'm being honest. Whoa! Yeah, okay. I, I, I honestly All think that there's gonna be a lot of carnage. I really do. Okay, bold start. Uh, uh, Timothy. Yeah, I, I think Vel's Vel's for sure gonna gonna be gonna be okay. Um, the two most confirmed that are gonna die though are gonna be uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Gorn and Nemec. Yeah, confirmed. I, I, I think Gorn's Gorn's gonna mm. die in the place of his his love. So, oh, okay, okay, Wes. Dang. Okay, I I think Vel and and Cinta are going to live because sure. I mean, I hope they do. Yeah, I I just I think they're. Oh, I don't know. They say they have a different part of the plan that they may not be in the direct line of fire. So they they might yeah. not be the they may not be the um the Marines that go straight in in the front lines. So. They have also, a better let, chance let, of let, living. Let's let, the, let's let representation live for more than yes, one episode. That's, yeah. that's, that's what I was about to they say. They always yeah. kill them. Yeah. 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 I think that. Yeah. yeah poor Nimic. <laughs> poor Nimic. I, yeah, we, already, we already crossed his uh, name off the list. Sorry, the but yeah, I, I hope we're wrong. I hope we're <laughs> yeah. wrong. Let's I want to be contrarian and say it'll be in Nimic, but I, I can't in good conscience <laughs> say it. I I think Valencinta will live. I think. I think Gorn is down. I think Nimic's yeah. down. I think Skeen is down. Yeah, I think it yeah, might be. Yeah, uh, I think it might be Fel and Cinta. What was it? What was Tamaria? Oh, yeah, what was his name? Tamarin. Tamarin. Tamarin? Tamarin? I got all the characters. Yeah, up. he's using the mark. Tamarin. Right. I think Tam- no, I think Tamarin will be. Okay, Vel and Tamarin. 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 Yes. Okay. I think Tamarin and Vel and Cinta are going to make it out. I think Terramin the, the characters takes, we know the least he, amount. Yes. 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 I think Terramin exactly. takes like a whole bunch of blaster shots like in Rogue One with K2SO in oh like my God. And, but he saves a lot of people's lives in the Yeah, I know he's like go, but, but go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just like a wall. Yeah, like, oh god. <laughs> oh but man. We'll, I mean, we'll see. We've seen in the trailers the 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 dam uh, and like people like with ropes on their back, like jumping down Ocean's damn, Eleven style. Damn. So that's. I'm sorry. That's was that okay? I haven't seen the trailer in a while, but why do why do I remember like Bix being there? Is that just like complete something I totally made up? I think it is. Okay. I mean, I or haven't seen the trailer Cinta. in a long time. But... I haven't seen it either. Or, in a long yeah. Time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we didn't get like a close up, and I guess I guess I didn't think that we were gonna like get to know people in this cell as much as we have. Oh, so yeah. that might've also affected my viewing of the trailer. So, yeah, I think like we said it maybe last week, but like Tony, you said, there's something within the whole show. There's something like 180, 190 speaking roles. Like there are just a oh lot of characters we're going to get. <laughs> wow. um, 
they all get Funkos. No. Uh, but, <laughs> but next week, we will find out the, the full body count. Uh, if you think we're right, everyone, let us know <laughs> over the comments here or on Discord or on Twitter. We want to hear you talking about Andor, of course. Uh, we love our Andor channel over in our Discord. Again, everyone is very respectful about using spoiler tags on the day of, but go ahead, make sure you're jumping in and joining the conversation. Um, but my gosh, I guess we'll, we'll find out. We're going to end <laughs> again. This is going to be the end of the second arc of the first season of Andor. They're doing three episode arcs, um, except for episode seven might be a, a standalone, but, but we'll see. The good news, the good news is that after this next week, everybody, we're only halfway through the first season. We still have a whole other half nice. to go. I'm so excited. I feel like these things keep going by too quickly. You know, so, I just I just had this really more. strange thought. Like, Go. what if we what if we like don't get the heist this week? Like, there's no way. There's no way. You think? Because I no way. more planning. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I I would I would bet the farm. I would bet the <laughs> farm. They set fire to the model. I think we're good. Yeah, they yeah, let yeah, livestock yeah, out. They let them go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they literally burned that idea. They said, no! Right, right, yeah. I don't know. That might just be me being cynical because like, I thought I thought we were getting the heist Same. this Same. episode. Yep. And I also thought that we were getting like the dinner party this episode. Oh, but, that's right. You know, I, I mean, we're it's, I mean, we're never going to get the dinner party. It's over. We're never, I, wa- I want to know how it went, though. You just want Sly more in a scene being like, hey, you passed the butter. I and really like, do. God, no. <laughs> I really Go away. <laughs> Sit in your I corner. Like, I want to see what a Mon Mothma dinner party looks like. <laughs> probably very no. fancy. And she's probably miserable the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. The entire time. And they, they force Lita to come like, you know, uh, that would be hilarious. Just like, I got to do him. homework. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, we'll find out if we're all going to be disappointed. We'll find out if Nemec lives, maybe. We'll make sure it's Nemec lives. Um, But that'll all be next week. Because on that note, my friends, that will do it for this week's episode of Bounty Hunt. Stay tuned for our next hunt. when We'll be diving into episode six of Andor. A special thank you to Brian Dooley, Patrick Ortiz, Earl Q, Robert Thomas, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and James T, Elizabeth Cloutier, Ashley Ingalls, and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command. Go ahead, tell us all your thoughts about Andor in our Discord at eugenie.com slash Discord. Follow the main show on Twitter at LivingForcePod and all of us on the entire team for all our thoughts about all things Star Wars. Until next time. Oh, Nimic. Oh, Nimic. You've been listening to the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Yeah? Good. To learn more about other Utini Patreon exclusives, visit utini.com.